and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? Elvis was a Cajun. He had a Cajun heart. Had a milk and a Memphis. That's where we got to start. That's fucking blasphemy. Elvis wasn't a Cajun. Broadcasting live from the Booze League headquarters. 16.0 ounces on the dial. The Commish Wiley Withers. Coley Wyman. Sandro Arevalo. This is the Boozecast. Catch up on what you missed online at boozeleague.com and on your mobile device on iHeart or iTunes. All right, let's get it started. In some of my songs, I have casually mentioned the fact that I like to drink beer. This little song. I really hope my liver is ready for next week. <laughs> you can only start prepping it now. I've been warming it up. I have been warming it up. And it, um, you know, like when you first start working out again, it's a little sore, you get some calluses. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of where my liver's at right now. <laughs> uh, dude, I'm going the opposite way. I tried beer not to drink yesterday. I just like had like a little, little nightcap. And then today, this is my first beer as well, too. So I'm feeling pretty good about that. Yeah, you're probably good. feeling great. Probably slept yeah. awesome. <laughs> 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 Nick's been, like, really stressed at work, and, um, like, he, you know, he works 10-hour days right now, and then he comes home, and he's, like, still on the phone with all the people, yeah. and he didn't get home till like, after 6 today and yesterday, so yesterday I was like, oh, fuck, I didn't take anything out for dinner. I'm like, what do you want? He's like, oh, let's just get Yolanda's. Dude, we got two margaritas to go. They're 8 bucks each. You get two margaritas out of each thing. Nice. It ends up being go. like four dollars yeah. a margarita. I was like, oh my god! Hey. So we only actually had one of them. So I still have another one in the fridge. I'm stoked about. And Wiley, they're back to their normal mix. Thank God, dude. That other oh, one was was, it was god boy. Awful. I mean, it, no. it was so sour. It made your butthole pucker, man. It was no good. It, yeah, no, this no one's fun. like citrusy. Like you can see the um like pulp and stuff in it now, yeah. and it's it, it's back go. to normal. Yeah. You guys just got nice. like the house ones. Yeah, I just got house margaritas to go. It Perfect. comes in like a like a taller like pint. It's a pint. Um, like plastic mm-hmm. soup container, eight bucks. Oh, nice. And they don't put ice oh, in it, shit. which yeah, is fucking good. rad. They don't put any ice in it, so it's two legit margaritas. Nice. Wow. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good shit right there. Yeah. Hit up Yolanda's if you're of, in Ventura County. Yeah, if you're in Ventura County, hit up. Yeah, old school right there, Yolanda's. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of awesome and speaking of good shit, uh, I welcome you now into Draft Eighty One. This is our pre-St. Patrick's Day draft. Woo. So we're going to be doing a lot. We have a lot of Irish content. Um, our favorite local barkeep, uh, Irish man named Mikey, a good lad, as it were, um, is going to go through the different types of slang that come from the old country, as it were. So you're not doing like the, the top of the morning for St. Patrick's Day. You can actually use some legit Irish slang and sound a little bit better than all your other American cohorts uh, drinking their green beer. <laughs> Um, got a new segment today as well. Um, we're doubling down on on Florida man. Uh, we got two Florida men uh, that needed. Uh, we got a twofer um, that, that we needed to get out there. As fun. It were. Yeah, absolutely. Always exciting. And I two. actually, I do have a fun fact about St. Patrick's Day food that we can get to at some point as well. I love it. I love fun mm. facts. They're my yeah. favorite. When it comes to facts, I like them fun. <laughs> Me too. Um, not not somber facts. No, no I don't somber, like somber facts. <laughs> no somber I don't facts. like neutral facts either. Neutral facts. <laughs> like in uh, Futurama, like that neutral planet, like they had a beige alert and stuff, and like, <laughs> they thought hilarious. they're all gonna die. And he's like, 
Tell my wife I said hello. Because <laughs> he's getting ready to die. Oh, my God. Perfect. And then uh, what else we got here? We got uh, how breweries are going to be prepping for beer festivals in 2021. I know we're all anxious to get back to the to the festivals, as it were. Yeah. And then we got Sandro talking a little bit about some of these Guinness uh, mixtures that you can get out there for St. Patrick's Day. Got a, got a couple uh, of them. When not to order and um, maybe a little bit of context about where they all came from. So uh, to do that uh, and to get that going, though, we all brought Irish beers to the party today. So I think if we're really going to get in the mood, it's about time that we got that going. Woo! Beer is a fermented beverage made with cereals and water. The beer of the day. Ooh, I hear, I hear something good going on over there. <laughs> this is like a damn toilet flushing over here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Who wants to go uh, first this round or this time, this draft, this whatever? Oh, I think I went first last time. Uh, I'll, I'll go, go first. first. Oh, Wiley, oh, you go please. first. No, 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 no you're, you. you got, okay. I'm going to say you got some head going over there. And I, I do. I, I will Mom. let you. I thought it was a hard pour, you know? Hot oh, pour. is it? Is it bubbling it's, up a bit? It's nitro. It has a widget. Hard pour. Hard pour. Wow, I, that is the worst pour I've done in a while. Look at that. That's garbage. I remember pouring my first beer, Wiley. <laughs> Actually, I don't. You know, I don't. Remember. I don't know either. Uh, <laughs> so long that's ago. That's a lie. That's a bold faced lie. That is terrible. Shame. Shame. <laughs> you guys. Oh, my God. Anyways, all right. all right. So, what am I bringing to the party? I'm bringing this one right here a little Smittix. Smittix. Red ale. Uh, it's a 4.5 ABV. Alcohol. And 20 IBUs, which I've, I've noticed, you know how we always say no IBUs? Me and Coley mm-hmm. were looking stuff up. Turns out, yeah, they're IBUs. Just for some reason, they're not on Untapped. So, uh, 20 IBUs. But Untapped, speaking of which, out of 254,000 ratings, Smittix has a 3.53. So, 3.53, solidly okay. above average. But not amazing, but it's solidly not a above. Not level yet. Not yet. It's getting there. It's got <laughs> something it's to shoot there. for. Gentlemen. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Smittix. Um, and I like that we're all doing these kind of Irish beers. Like we can kind of tell the story of Ireland a little bit and get people all all stoked up to have their corned beef and cabbage and, and, and pints of the black stuff and maybe some Smittix, if you like. Um, this is what uh, Smittix uh, has to say about this beer. It's a clear beer with a rich ruby color and a creamy head. The aroma hops added late in the boil contribute clean, fresh floral notes. Ale malt contributes aroma hints of biscuit and caramel. Refreshing and clean taste with a gentle balance of bitterness from the hops added early in the boil. Sweet malty notes from the ale malt and hints of roast coffee from the roasted barley. So let's talk about Smittix, though. Smittix Brewery, this, I'd, in, in modern parlay, this beer entered the market 311 years ago. Wow. It has been around a while. Yeah, Smittix Brewery was founded by John Smittix in 1710. In Kilkenny, on the site of a Franciscan abbey, beer had been brewed there by the monks since the 14th century. So there's a lot of history um, where Smittix came from. The ruins of that original abbey do still remain on the grounds. Um, It was bought by Diageo, which is Guinness, back in 1965, and production at the Kilkenny Brewery finished on December 31st, 2013. At the time of its closure, it was Ireland's oldest operating brewery. The old brewery has since been renovated and hosts the Smittick Experience Kilkenny Visitor Attraction. And Smittick's brands are now produced by Diageo in Dublin at their St. James Gate uh, Brewery. So, 
Give me a quick little uh, taste. I don't remember the last time I had Smittix just on its own. It's so delicious. I had it for the first mm. time in Ireland, actually. Oh, I bet you that's a good pour. It was great. <laughs> Way better than mine earlier. <laughs> I was like, "What? what is this other beer you speak of? You have something other than Guinness here? And they were like, yeah, try it. And I, Sarah and I were in love. Oh, yeah, this is good stuff right here. I'm glad I brought two in here to the little studio. Oh. Because, uh, yeah, that's, gonna, that's just what it is. Yeah. I'm going to get on down on that. I'm going to yummy down on that. Nice. There you go. Well, I, I think uh, I'll have a beer. I was able to find Wexford Irish-style cream ale. Oh. Um, it's on nitro. Like I said, it has a little little widget. It's a nice little zing. dark color. Um, let me take a quick sip of it. It's pretty good. It's a little malty, actually. Um, is it creamy? It is. It's like creamy and malty. Untapped gives it a 3.4. It's 5% ABV. And it has Alcohol. 23 IBUs. The hops that it's brewed with are Challenger, Admiral, Bodicea, First Gold, Bodicea. and Y, y Goldings. Um, it's recommended in, for an English pint glass, which I didn't get an English one. I just have a regular one. And uh, it pairs well with veal, cheesecake, and fruit tarts, Ooh, which veal, I thought was oh. fun. Yeah, there's all like there's some tasting notes too. It says. Um, Wexford Irish Ale comes in a can with a widget, which releases nitrogen when the beer is opened. Nitrogen is usually reserved for stouts, but Wexford uses the nitrogen to give the beer a creaminess and a long-lasting thick head complemented by a soft orange tint and a caramelized toffee-like nose. This beer should be savored so as to enjoy with sweet fruity aspects, which are more prevalent here than in most examples of the style. Additionally, the hot profile is very low and almost non-existent in terms of bitterness. Um, oh no. Oh no. Well, uh -oh. I'm getting some conflicting information here. <laughs> oh, is this breaking news? Uh, well, <laughs> Untaps is based on the traditional Irish recipe from the county Wexford that dates back to 1810. They only use the best ingredients, of course. And then when I went to the other website to talk about it, um,. It says the origin is England. Oh no. But it's, it's strange because it, I don't, maybe it's just like imported. It says so it's maybe, So maybe it, it's an English beer that's made in the Irish tradition, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Be. I don't know. It was by all the Irish stuff. I, it said Irish. It said, <laughs> the, it said the county or wherever it was. Wexford is a county. It's Irish adjacent. Um, you're welcome, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. So if you, there if you were to feel like you're... There weren't a lot of beers to pick from out there. There really wasn't. If you want to feel like you're next to Ireland, try Wexford. <laughs> I mean, how... And it's true. There were not a lot of beers out there. Um, that no. Are just, I mean, Guinness not is freaking all. everywhere, of course, but... This yeah. is, it says Brewers of the Beloved Old Speckled Hen. Oh, yeah, that's oh yeah, that's English. Son of a bitch. God, they got gotcha. you. They got you. Well, Jesus. You know, like I said, John Denver's full of shit, of, man. Yeah. There's a lot of options out there. That's okay, a, though. A traditional yeah. Irish recipe from Wexford, Ireland that dates back to 1810. So the recipes from Ireland, they just make it in... I mean, those English bastards stole everything. Even they did. You know what? I'm going with <laughs> it. Really it's do. still... It's maybe 
made in England, but it is an Irish beer. And there it's you go. Creamy oh, no. and delicious, and I can't wait to put my lips on it again. <laughs> I support that take. I think that's a good oh, way to think about it. Funny. Uh, all right, everyone out there, Radio Lyoned. <laughs> uh, I've got. This one's O'Hara's Irish Red, and O'Hara's is made by Carlo Brewing Company, and they are Irish. <laughs> oh, are you sure? <laughs> are you absolutely I sure? I hope so. I don't, I don't know, man. At this point, I'll believe anything. Uh, yeah, it says... Uh, uh, ooh, hey, whoa. Ireland. Carlo, Ireland. Um, okay, so Untap has this. Um, let's see. Over A little over 50,000 ratings. It's 3.32. So alcohol. Oh, sorry. It's, it's <laughs> I got exciting. <laughs> yeah, no, it's okay. Almost, you're you're close. It's four point three percent. Waiting for it. Waiting for it. Four point three percent alcohol. Hey, there it is. Um, let's see here. It's weird because so Untap has it as the IBUs are twenty five. Mm -hmm. But if we uh, go ahead and take a look here at the uh, O'Hare's webpage, mm -hmm. give you a little like uh, breakdown of what they have. O'Hare's Irish Red. O'Hare's. <laughs> O'Hare's. <laughs> um, so this red stands out in this beer style category. Uh, the malt body is an impressive as a Bach, albeit in uniquely Irish way, with an incredibly smooth malt body complemented by caramel tones and perfectly balanced bitterness, this Irish red is much more complex than mainstream rivals. Which, um, yeah, you know, I guess. Um, traditional red style ale is a sweet malt base, which definitely is, dominated by caramel notes, which this definitely has a lot. Um, one thing I could, I could use a little bit more carbonation on this beer. I don't know if that's just because it took a boat over here from Ireland, but it just has no bite to it. But, uh, I mean, it does have bubbles, but, you know, I, I like my beer with a little bit more to it. Smittix is the same way. Like I feel like there used to be more bubbles, but it might have just been my terrible, terrible pour. So, <laughs> um, so color in Paris is dark ruby um, and uh, white head. The aroma is, yeah, like we said, it's a little malty. Um, and the aftertaste, uh, it's got a little toaster roasted barley on there for sure. So a little, a little roasty toasty? A little roasty toasty. So it's a traditional red style. Um, the Play-Doh is 10.75 for everyone that needs that out there. <laughs> Does it uh, have a specific I, gravity as well? Um, no. No, it doesn't. Oh. That'd be cool. Look at all the beer nerds turning off the booze gas. Yeah, they're like, I'm out of here. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, bullshit. fermentation is obviously it's a top fermentation. <laughs> IBUs are 34. Food pairing, it says that it would go good with, um, you know, main courses from the oven or, like, that are baked. Like a uh, beef hot pot. I've never had that before. Um, also, winter soups or a matured cheddar or soft goat cheeses. Oh, so, just to drink it in a tulip glass, which I did not. I have some, but I didn't use it. So um, I don't know. For me, I mean, it's it's cool. I really, I'm glad that we did this Irish beers, all of us. I mean, it's something fun, something different. That's kind of just what this segment's all about. Um, but yeah, you know, this this beer isn't, wouldn't go isn't, back. Qu isn't quite my jam, but I'm I'm gonna enjoy this though. This, this is a nice one. This is nice to sip on right now. So yeah, it is what it is. Like I said, there isn't a lot of wasn't a lot of um, selection out there. I, I was telling Coley like. My boss was trying to help me pick a beer, and they're like, oh, that one's great. You should get that one. And I was like, oh, yeah, but it's from Scotland. And they'd be like, oh, yeah, no. what about that one? No, yeah, that one's from Scotland, too. And they're like, oh, damn, too bad. So I ended up going with this one. You know what they <laughs> I, encountered, I encountered that same thing at uh, BevMo. I'm like, oh, have a oh no, that's Scotland. Like, oh, son of a, like, 
Yep. There was like one Irish beer and it was uh, Guinness. Yeah. England. Yeah, you know, so here we go. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> we, we did our best, you know, with uh, with a little bit of short notice. All we had was a week, you know what I mean, to put this together. And I had my eye open everywhere I'd go, and they're just literally, I mean, besides your Guinness displays that you see out there, I wasn't yeah. going to do that. I wasn't going to get that. I wasn't going to get harp. I mean, that's just kind of boring. So, Yeah, I had to go to uh, Trader Joe's, hooked up the Smittix for me. Gotcha. And, like, oh, they nice. got a big display of Smittix and all that. And I'm kind of bummed. Um, at uh, Bevmo, uh, they had a big Guinness display, and they had like Guinness um, pub trivia, like a mm-hmm. box, like a Guinness branded box, like a tin box of pub trivia cards. And I'm like, I, I'm sitting here setting up, like, damn, I should have grabbed it. We can do some pub trivia. Ooh, that would be fun. But oh, wow. I'll get it uh, next week, you know, because next week we'll be releasing after St. Pat's, um, but we're gonna record it uh, the day before, so gotcha. yep. we can still kind of work some in, Sweet. as it were. <laughs> Sandro Alevalo. Sandro Alevalo. Sandro Alevalo. The Booze Cast. All right, so speaking of next week and speaking of pubs and whatnot, we want to make sure that you, as you go out on the town on your St. Patrick's Day, you go roving about, as it were, (laughs) um, we want to make sure that you're all caught up on how to talk like an Irishman. I don't expect you all to get the uh, the accent right. Um, I mean, give it a good old American try. But um, let's uh, let's go over to Mikey. Um, I, I sat down with him over the weekend and um, just just let him kind of ramble on about some of his favorite slang from the old country. Let's go. Over, let's just see what Mikey has to say. Sorry, guys, you copied our mid pint. Shame on me. I want to give you guys some hints so you don't look like fools on Paddy's Day. Um, you should know these slangs day in, day out. Hard to know where to start because I don't know why you guys don't know this already, to be honest. These are words that we use in Ireland uh, just naturally. Unfortunately, they all revolve around alcohol. You know, shame on us, but whatever. Um, I just found out last month that the word scoops doesn't mean beer in America. I was shocked and hurt. But where I come from, scoops is beer. Let's go for some scoops tonight. And it's like, what, we're going for ice cream? No, we're not going for ice cream. We're going for beer. Um, Why it's scoops, I don't know. I'm not that smart to figure it out, nor do I care enough to figure it out. What I care about are the scoops. Uh, I have other words here as well, other slangs that, that sometimes are confusing even to me. And I'll go through a few of them. A lot of them, as I said, are alcohol-based. Uh, when someone is super drunk, they're flutered, they're langered, they're pie-eyed, which kind of makes sense because when you're drunk, your eyes are a little larger than they should be. And then ossified. When someone's absolutely ossified, they're like, you know, a lot, there's a lot of shame going on when you're ossified, you know? Have you ever word, heard the word gammy in your life? Like, it sounds like a gummy, but it's not. It's gammy. Gammy is like something that's crooked and odd looking. Sometimes it's like, oh, the girl last night, man, she was gammy. Or the, I hurt my leg last night, my leg is gammy. Something that's just odd looking and crooked and messed up is gammy. How do you live with your normal words? It'll never understand. Happy birthday, Mark, by the way. Are you having a whiskey? You gonna have a whiskey? Can I buy you one? Some Irish yes right there. Uh, if something is manky, anybody heard the word manky before? Am I the only person who knows the word manky? Sounds like Mikey, which is sad, but manky? 
Something that's manky, no? Something that's manky is dirty and filthy, disgusting, you know? I was talking to Kamesh here earlier today over a Honey Blonde and a Guinness, and he never knew what acting the maggot was. And I'm like, how can you not know what acting the maggot even means? Uh, it means um, that you're being a fool, you're acting a maggot, you're a moron, you're, you know, you're a bit of a troublemaker, I suppose, you know what I mean? Like, who likes maggots other than birds? Like, no, nobody should ever act a maggot. Um, but we all have that one friend, right? That, Pro. Sucking diesels. Anybody know what sucking diesel means? No? It sounds like a Jeep, right? Which I have just showing off. I don't have a car anymore, I have a Jeep. Um, but sucking diesel is when you're going hard at something. It sounds dirty. It's not meant to be dirty. But sucking diesel is like you're going hard. You're going crazy at something. You're, a lot of time it's when you're talking too much, you know? A little bit close to my heart right there. I, there's other slang words that are out there. Uh, for kind of people. I kind of feel bad with this one. Um, I asked a uh, commissioner to my left about, have you ever used the word moth? Well, I would pronounce it moth. You would be moth with a TH, like all proper. Um, it's more of a Dublin slang for a girlfriend. Um, oh man, the moth is on my ass all week. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not a good, don't, I don't recommend you guys walking around right now calling your lady a moth. You know, it's not, it's not good for business. Um, but that's a word that we use uh, in Ireland, mainly in Dublin, uh, mot. Uh, how's the mot? Oh, she's doing grand, she's all right. She's, she's still on the couch, you know? There's a few more that, I, um, that when I was going through the website uh, last night, to, to the dark, dark web, I found a few more. And I was like, I happen, I say them a lot, but I don't realize I say them. Um, we say sorry a lot, um, but we use it in this term of excuse me. So if I'm walking past you, it's like, sorry, 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 sorry. It's like, excuse me. It's basically slang for the fuck out of my way. But it's like, sorry, 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 you know, get out of my way. And if somebody's throwing shapes, does anybody know what throwing shapes would be? No? Like, did you see Wiley last night? He was throwing shapes. He's showing off. He's throwing shapes. You know what I mean? Picture like, you know, someone dancing on a dance floor that can't dance, you know what I mean? Probably Mikey and Wiley again. Uh, we're throwing shapes. It's all, it's, all, it's, all tri it's all triangles and squares, you know what I mean? Like, the hands, you know what I mean? I wish you could see me right now, guys, but I'm throwing shapes, trust me. I was talking earlier about if someone's gas, like, Fernando is gas. It's not a fluctuation problem. Gas is someone who's funny, and they're humorous, and they're fun to be around. Like, oh, I love Fernando, he's gas. You know what I mean? So. You know, it's very normal for me to say that someone's gas. But now I, I'm starting to feel guilty that I'm using some of the slangs in a regular life. How many friends of mine think I have other friends with fluctuation problems? <laughs> you know what I mean? We had this in rural Ireland where I come from. Um, by the way, where I come from, we're called kulchis. I don't know if it's, an, I don't know if it's a negative term or not, but a kulchi, C-U-L-C-H-I-E, I think, is someone who's from the middle of Ireland, a kulchi. Uh, they're usually farmers. Um, country, country folk, I suppose. Um, heavy on the Guinness, Smittics, a pint of milk before you go home, you know what I mean? Like, just farmers in general. Um, so where I come from, we, we use this one a lot where we say, we say, um, get out of that garden. Uh, and again, that to me is very normal. Get out of that garden is, is kind of means, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun sentence for kind of like, go away. Like, you're messing with me. Get out of that garden. Like, there's no way that's real. Get out of that, get out, 
And then you add in a, add in a few more natural, get, will you get the fuck out of that garden, you know what I mean? You know, and then there's uh, one or two more I'm gonna finish off with, which again, shocks me that you guys don't use them more often than you do. It's like, we always say like, what's the story? Um, which means like, what's the news? What's the story? What? And then in certain areas of Ireland, uh, I think the, in the Limerick areas, they'll, they shorten to, to, to the word ska, what's the ska? Which is short for story. Um, and then some areas of Ireland will, will add the word Rory. I know, I know, I know. I'm not, I'm not proud of this either. We'll say, what's the story, Rory? You know what I, mean? I don't know. Maybe, maybe that they're, they're the smart Irish ones. I don't know anymore. But what's the story, Rory? It's kind of like, no, what's going on? You know, what's the news? What's the, lo- la- the latest scandal? Oh, God, that, that, now that I think about it, ska is actually scandal. It's not story. What's the ska is what's the scandal? My mind is blown right now. I didn't know that. <laughs> till, till this second right now. I thought that was short for story. You know, and then one more thing close to that one is like, we'll say in Ireland a lot is like, uh, again, this sounds so stupid, but how's it cutting? Uh, cutting would be C-U-T-T-I-N-G or C-U-T-T-I-N. How's it cutting is like, how are you doing? How's it, how's it cutting? All right, guys, I'm going to finish it off right there on a sip of whiskey. I uh, hope these words, the slang words, the gibberish words, whatever you want to call them, to ho- hopefully they help you out. That was a hot whiskey. I thought it was good. Um... Hope you guys stay safe, stay smart, don't drink and drive, and um, hopefully you guys see you soon. Oh, man, that was awesome. Big shout out to Mikey for uh, sitting down and going through some of the slang. He's the greatest. Uh, help us. What's the story, Help all Rory? us colchies uh, get out there. That's <laughs> that so oh, cool. Man, nice one, awesome. dude. No. Seriously, like, he's like, uh, if I said go to get scoops, or we're getting scoops, like what do you? I'm like, dude, ice cream. Like, that's what we do in America. That's, I like worked with a bunch of guys that would, would like play scoops with each other, and they would like scoop each other's like man breasts or whatever. Like scoops, and like yeah, it wouldn't be a fun <laughs> game to play. <laughs> He's like, damn it. <laughs> I'd rather not go out for those. <laughs> if I had a choice. <laughs> yeah, I'd but it's interesting as he's going through this. This, yeah, ice cream, right? Like, yeah. and it's interesting as he's going through these. He's like, I. would He's like, there's so much that I take for granted in, in terms of these these slang terms that I just use that I don't realize, you know, it's not used over here. So, like, nobody over here gets what I'm saying or they think, you know, like with the gas or whatever, he thinks it's something else or scoops like ice cream or whatever. So, um, so go forth and um, and use those when you get flutered or ossified or pie-eyed. Ossified is a great one. If you're trying real hard and sucking diesel, then uh, make sure to uh, to let everybody know. Oh, can I um, say my fun fact about Irish Let's food? get a fun fact. So yes. here's the thing. I, yep. I definitely can't fit it in in the song because it's a little That's bit. Okay. But it is from a legit source. When I was in Ireland in 2005, I was on a bus next to a little old lady riding back from Killarney, maybe? Or, well, I don't remember where. Somewhere back to Dublin. And... I asked her why, when I was there for the whole week, I couldn't find corned beef and cabbage, which is obviously the popular, quote-unquote, Irish dish in America. And she stated because in Ireland they eat ham and cabbage. And when the majority of the Irish population immigrated to the U.S., they were very poor because it was a lot of it was during the potato famine and all that. And corned beef is actually a very poor or a very cheap cut of meat. And that's all they could afford because ham is so much more expensive. So that's why in the U.S. it became um, adopted as corned beef and cabbage because that's all they could afford to make and buy. Oh, 
Fuck, I'd rather way have ham and cabbage, honestly. I mean, I know I've like tasted corned beef once where it's like legit, but mm -hmm. for the most part, it's disgusting. I think it's gross. I love it. I absolutely love it. But I did find out after all these years, my relatives back east make ham and cabbage and they're mm -hmm. Irish. Nice. I had no idea. I like like Reuben sandwiches are great. Oh, hell yeah. That's like, my favorite thing. But I don't know. I just maybe I just had a bad experience when I was younger. Like, I don't know. I just for me, I just think of it all like fatty and gristly and just. Oh, ooh, no. If no. you, you uh -uh. my mom trims the fat off and then she boils it and it's delicious. But definitely nice. like in a sandwich, like a corned beef Reuben, that is like my absolute favorite. But yeah, I can do that. I thought that was super legit because it was from this cute little old Irish lady on a bus on my way oh. back to Dublin. She answered my God question. God bless her. Bless her heart. That's it. That's a good fun fact right there. Booze League Radio. But, you guys ready for some news? Yes. Yeah, I'm on. Spanning the globe to bring you all the news that's fit to booze to, this is the Booze Line News. KBCE, Booze League Radio. Da -da 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 -da. All right, so um, sticking with um, uh, whiskey-type stuff, the U.S. has suspended tariffs on single malt scotch whiskey. So all you whiskey drinkers out there, your scotch is going to, or your whiskey is going to get a lot cheaper. The tariffs were also lifted on U.K. cheese, cashmere, and machinery. The duties will be suspended for four months while the two sides, uh, the U.S. and the U.K., seek a long-term settlement. On January 1st, the U.K. dropped its own tariffs on some U.S. goods put in place over a related dispute about U.S. subsidies going to Boeing. There's been a 15-year battle between Airbus and Boeing and subsidies and tax breaks and stuff back and forth. Like, it's been this whole thing. And uh, the last uh, administration in the White House decided to use scotch as their hammer well. to, try and, uh, to try and get it, to basically to have uh, leverage, essentially. Um, it hit Scotch whiskey producers particularly hard as the U.S. is a key export market. Distilleries have reported a 500 million pound loss since 2019. That's 694,000, wait, $694 million. Yikes. Essentially, which is all, which is huge. Um, the U.S. is basically the biggest market. So good news for you, uh, whiskey drinkers out there. Um, we can, you know, you can get your whiskey for cheaper. So kick ass also if you're into cashmere or cheese you can also get that a lot cheaper as well so congratulations Ooh. all right so the next one is about the drunkest mlb fan base just off the top of your head you guys care to have a guess at uh, who the drunkest mlb fan base would be boston uh, i'm gonna go with the brewers so where, where are they from milwaukee? um milwaukee. milwaukee yeah i think you know both very very good guesses but according to a new study, White Sox fans drink an average of 4.2 drinks per game and spend about $46 on average, placing them in the number one spot of the booziest baseball fans list. I have a question. This is going to sound sure. really stupid. Where are the White Sox based out of? Uh, Chicago. Chicago. Chicago White Sox. Boston Chicago. Red Sox, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Proceed. Yeah. Thank you. Um, where's that from? Chicago. Oh, it's, uh... That's Ace Ventura. Ace Ventura 2, right? <laughs> yeah. Chicago. It's the bat or something named Chicago, right? It's the bat, right? yeah. <laughs> Bumblebee Tuna. Bumblebee Tuna. Oh, my God. Um, 
This is according to in uh, to New Jersey Online Gambling, who conducted the study. They say Chicago Southsiders have been known to get a little rowdy, so it might not surprise that a White Sox that the White Sox rank number one on our list of MLB fans who drink the most. The other top five. Let's start number five and go down to one. Number five is the Padres, San Diego, Ooh. which makes sense. A lot of really good craft beer down there. Hell yeah. Uh, Cleveland is number four. Yeah, a lot of IPAs. Nice. Uh, Cincinnati Reds are number three. Atlanta Braves are number two, and the White Sox take the first one. Uh, the Angels coming at number 25 with 2.8 drinks per game. And Dodgers fans come in just three spots above the bottom at 27 with only 2.7 per game, probably because it costs 50 bucks a freaking drink. Yeah, so. and they've been, like, really good ever since um, there was that violence a while back. Yeah, yeah in the parking lot. Oh, uh, when they beat and... up the Giants fan? Yeah. Yeah. Things yep. kind of yeah, they definitely like, not a good look. They settled a little bit after that. They did, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it's got it's gone back to more families and stuff going, and I mean that it makes sense. But they do have the uh, the biggest pre pre grammar, like not even a single pre-gramer. letter. Pre grammar, freaking kidding me with this? Like not even a single letter. The biggest pre gamers. These are the fans most likely to drink before the game starts. Any ideas on this? Well, I'm gonna say uh, the Dodgers MLB? because you can't tailgate anymore. <laughs> no it is uh, i'll start at number five and go down to number one number five sancho it's the brewers hey, hey! I, knew, I knew something six and these do that they do percentages of the uh the fan base going to a game that would likely to drink before the game starts brewers 63 percent more than half number four is the reds at 67 percent the white Sox appear again also at 67 wow. the cardinals from st louis 68 percent and the number one spot, those crazy Canadians up in Toronto, the Blue Jays. I know, it's cold up there. You got to drink. Yeah, but. Yeah, 70%. Isn't it in the summer? Dodgers fans didn't even make the top 10. I have no idea where they fell on this. Well, you know, what are you going to do? Because they out. It is the Toronto Blue Jays, right? Toronto. Yeah, yep. I think it's the Toronto Blue Jays, yeah. All right, and here's, here's actually my favorite category, which is why I save it to last. Percentage of fans most likely to have missed some or all of the game due to drinking too much. <laughs> that's <laughs> oh, awesome. Wiley. That's a pretty good I category feel right like there. That's been me Love many that. times. Is that Philadelphia? Right? <laughs> <Look at that. laughs> uh, number five is the Marlins at 41%. Cleveland at 43%. The Rockies coming at 48%. So do the Reds. They're number two at 48%. And the number one. Fan base most likely to miss some or all the game due to drinking too much. At 49%, almost half of the people who go to a game miss some or all because they've drank too much. Once again, it's your Chicago White Sox. Wow. They're getting hammered. Yeah, out they're there. getting crazy out in Chi Town. Yeah, they are. And what's funny is the Cubs, like, not even, like, not even a big deal. Like, not even, same I town. Think, yeah, well, the to, Wrigley Field is like a. It's like a magical place, and it's like more of a family spot. Like if you're around that area, it looks a lot nicer. And then if you go to like the White Sox one, it's it's definitely uh, it's got like a huge Modelo like thing on it. It was like totally I forget. I think it's Allied or Reyes Holding Corporation. They pretty much like own that stadium, so I can see I can see that. Oh, well, that makes sense. That's good to know. All right, it's time for the double whammy. Give me two. Of our favorite man from America's Wang. 
Florida man, Florida man, there's no one like a Florida man, the dumbest in all the land. There's no one like a Florida man. They got lots of haters and lots of alligators. They really probably should be banned. Florida man, Florida man. Woo! Florida man claims hand. <laughs> Woo! Uh, Florida man claims handgun found in pants is actually his penis. Michael Phillips, 20 years old, was the passenger in a car that had recently been stolen in St. Petersburg, Florida. After the vehicle was pulled over this past Saturday night, an officer patted down Phillips and felt something firm in his groin region. <laughs> Phillips assured the officer that it wasn't a gun, and he actually what he was actually feeling was, quote-unquote, something that rhymes with stick. <laughs> Turns out... It was a Glock 23 handgun. <laughs> so it rhymed, it rhymed with for... cock, not stick. <laughs> yeah, hey, dude, that was freaking awesome. <laughs> yeah. that, was a, that, was a, Thank you. that was a good zinger there, Thank Coley. You. It did rhyme with cock, <laughs> My not Glock. stick. Um, blah, blah, blah. Turns out it was his Glock. Phillips <laughs> was arrested for carrying a concealed handgun, which is a felony. The driver of the vehicle, a 19-year-old woman, was also arrested and is facing felony charges of grand theft auto. Bad night for old Damn, Michael Phillips. Dude. I know, right? And his girlfriend, Jesus. Now moving on to the uh, the next one. Give me two. Florida man pulls out edibles instead of ID after nearly hitting a gas pump. <laughs> a, a Florida man who nearly hit a gas pump pulled out a package of dank gummies instead of his driver's license to show a deputy who was trying to help him. Deputies said they were called to a gas station in Naples shortly before midnight on March 1st because witnesses said a suspicious man had nearly hit a gas pump and appeared to be under the influence. Records show that Demisio Lopez saw the deputy and immediately asked for help calling AAA because his car wouldn't start, even though his keys were not even in the ignition at the time. <laughs> oh, man. Damn, those gummies must be good. On weed? <laughs> Definitely on weed. Wow. The deputy then asked Lopez for his driver's license, so he started rifling through his pockets again, and this time pulled out a small green package labeled Dank Gummies <laughs> with Cannabis Infused written on it as well. That's amazing. The deputy asked Lopez if he pulled out, <laughs> if he just pulled out THC gummies, and Lopez claimed it was normal candy. <laughs> but when he was asked to hand over the package, the deputy saw that it was labeled as containing 500 milligrams of THC. Damn, he said Lopez also 500 milligrams of THC. Like each gummy was 500? Maybe. Because if so, so no wonder all. he was fucked up, man. That shit's gnarly, dude. in the dude. picture, I swear to God, the picture, I'll, 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 I'll put it out there. He he actually looks like he's kind of smiling. He probably doesn't know where he's at, like in his mugshot. Like, the dude is just like stoned. I'm hungry. You guys got any Jesus. food back there? You guys take me through the drive-thru on my way to jail? <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Oh, yeah, dude. It was, it was gnarly. Um, deputy said Lopez also had a package of quote unquote medicated nerds ropes that contained 400 milligrams of THC per rope. Holy shit. Now dude was, yeah, uh, that dude was getting loaded, dude. I literally, okay. I've got a pretty decent tolerance, but I mean, edibles do kind of get on top of me. I could easily eat a five. I ate a five milliliter or a five, um, which means MLs, whatever. Milligram. Um, 
Yeah, I ate one on Friday, dude, and I got fucked up, dude. I mean, because I don't eat them a lot, but yeah, I can you imagine eating 100 or 400? 400 per row. Come on, dude. I would be <laughs> dedicated nerd on insane, the floor dude. sweating with my heart pounding out of my chest. Ugh. Probably for days. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, that's all. Oh, my God. Hey, you might sleep like a whole 24 hours. <laughs> Probably. It, well, eventually, when you fell asleep. I don't know. That'd be gnarly, dude. That's crazy. Oh, the anxiety. Right over there. There's some people smoking weed. At that point, records show Lopez was taken into custody, and a small baggie of cocaine was also found on his person. Oh, my God. He's facing charges of possession of cocaine and possession of a controlled substance. Damn. Good old Florida. Out there florida it up. Sounds like he forgot about the coke, man. He could have used some of that shit to wake his ass up. Right? Yeah, or bounce it out. Fucking A. The best, he's like, oh, yeah, yeah help dude. me. I was trying to call AAA. My car won't start. <laughs> my fucking keys aren't even in it, but, you know. Oh, it's so well, it's actually funny because um, <laughs> he pulled out the keys when he's rifling through his pockets at one point as well. Like he pulled them out and he's like, and the guy's like, the deputy's like, are those your keys? He's like, no. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, my God, dude. That would have been just a good one to be like a fly on the wall to watch that one. You're just being like, oh, my God, dude. This is like, you guys are making this shit up right now, dude. That's hilarious. But um, yeah, I, that would have been super entertaining. Hopefully no one was harmed. No, not even a gas pump. So, Not even a gas pump. That worked out. It did. So uh, that has been the news. The Commish. Coley Wyman. Sandro Alevalo. The Booze Cast. So I know I had talked about like predictions for the beer market a few weeks ago too and I ended up finding an article that was kind of like predictions for beer festivals this year and you know what's going to happen. I know you know we all kind of had experience with um, having the Firestone Invitational which is usually the first weekend in June which is mid-year and uh, they canceled that again this year. So I was just kind of curious to see what other breweries that are involved in festivals were kind of thinking and I guess, like, the general message is it's still mostly a wait and see. You know, we still have to try to achieve herd immunity through vaccinations and then maybe see if some festivals can take off. Um, but no one really sees anything taking place before the middle of summer or later. Uh, 2020 obviously canceled um, all of the beer festivals that were in March forward, including, like, Dark Lord Day, Fobab, oh. uh, GABF. Oh. Um, uh, many of the events went virtual, which we had the experience to do with Surf and Suds, adapting so quickly and so well, I must say. Yeah. Um, their stuff has yeah. been really they successful. Yeah, they really did. And I'm wondering if the other festivals were just as successful. It seemed like some of them would, there was like a barrel-aged one that I don't remember if that's the Fobab one. I think it might be. And they only gave out six barrel-aged beers instead of, like, as you know, I don't remember how many Surf and Suds gave out, like, 14 or 16. They only gave six, but again... Yeah, they're they're averaging about 14 okay. each. But they're, I yeah. mean, you know, barrel-aged so. are um, so much higher ABV. So yeah. they could, they yeah, could only true. give out six, yeah. you know, if they're doing it, I guess. I don't know if it's, like, legal reasons, but they were able to do it with just a few beers and then, you know, have a virtual tasting with the notes and everything. Um Again, best case scenario for festivals would be late summer to early fall. The industry in general has been taking things day by day, and they're kind of like used to the waiting game at this point, and everything's kind of day by day. You know, we talked about that too with 
um, going into different tiers and what they can do. And as far as serving food for tick, like, um, serving food in order to get beer. That's um, good. It's not good. It's like back yeah. and forth. Yeah. However, not really knowing and kind of taking it one day at a time is really hard for some of the large and popular festivals. Um, they'll probably still remain canceled because they require like so much pre-planning in order to get them off the ground. So if they get the go ahead closer to the date, they're not going to have time to get all their vendors and, you know, get everything that they need to host such an event. And again, we know that with Firestone Walker as they've canceled theirs for two years in a row. Um, there was yeah, and they canceled that uh, the one this year pretty quick. Like, is I think it's in January or, or maybe in the end of last year. They're like, hey, by the way, it may have yeah, been end of last happen. year. I still have the email just in case because I wanted to make sure that I kept it always because I had the tickets. Um, right. There are some updates for GABF, uh, the Brewers Association, which puts on the festival, announced that the awards for GABF would take place during the craft beer, sorry, craft brewers conference in September. That conference was supposed to be held in March in San Diego. However, it was moved to a later date in the year along with the uh, location. As for the actual GABF festival, nothing has been decided. But if it does happen on whatever kind of scale it's going to happen on, it'll still be um, October 7th through October 9th as of now. Um, a lot of the other people in the industry, again, thinking on a smaller scale of beer fest that it's going to be very local participation, maybe county or state, but not out of state participants for certain hmm. ones. So, you know, like maybe like the, some of the ones that we've gone to, maybe just keeping it all local, all same state, same county. That's just, I guess it's less, you know, interstate and out or sorry, less outer state traveling, which cuts down on stuff. I, you know, I guess less travel equals less breweries per festival, but a smaller lineup would allow people to maybe experience more beers from specific breweries instead of being stretched too thin. That's true. Hmm. And then... Yeah, I know, like, when we when we hit it, when we first get in the gates of those festivals, like, all right, it's it's like, hightail, where are we going first? Yeah. Like, we got to, like, we're basically running around the festival. Exactly. Planning so it out, kind of, right? They would hope that they'd bring maybe a few extra beers, but we'd have way less breweries. So, you know, pros and cons. I, at this point, I would just take what I could get. <clears throat> I'm just like missing the beer fest days so much. And then, you know, the last part of the article is kind of like precautions once events actually start to happen. And outdoor festivals will obviously be the most likely to return first. Uh, they still see social distancing happening and mask wearing. However, I was reading that and I was like, I don't know. I find mask wearing while constantly sampling beers a hard thing to do or a hard thing to police. <laughs> yeah. Or even hold up no. to a yeah. standard. And I wanted to know your guys' thoughts on that, too. Like, I mean, think about it. You know, they're saying... I, I think... Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I think the interaction is going to be the hardest part. Because you think about it. So you're putting your mouth all over a glass, right? Even if you have a mask on, you're putting your mouth all over this glass. And you obviously you take, have to take your mask down to, to sip. And then well, you can put it up after each one. Probably not after you're, you're, you're a few deep, right? Mm -hmm. So now you got, you've been breathing all over this glass. You've been like drinking out of it putting your lips and your mouth all over it and now you hand it to somebody else yeah to fill it up like how do you how do you address that i mean or it's a tough like one. I, maybe they're wearing I feel like gloves. there are a lot of touch points <clears throat> either that or they have it poured into like a uh, like some kind of like a pitcher and then you hold your glass and they fill up your beer for you so that way it's yeah. like less contact kind yeah of thing. that's a good idea yeah i, I could say gloves no, and like it, a pitcher 
It's a tough one. I mean, honestly, I don't think that anything like that's going to be realistic unless you have a vaccination. Like, you're going to have to be vaccinated to go to those kind of events. And so, yeah. I mean, to, you know, theoretically, everyone should be fine at that point. You know, obviously, there's a little room for error. Sure. But, um, but yeah, I have a big, I mean, I pretty much know that that's how it's going to have to be. Um, you're going to have to be vaccinated to go to any kind of event like that. We, um, we just got uh, an email, and I was really stoked on that Firestone is going to do its um, annual, uh, like it's the meetings where everyone goes to Paso, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? It's like our annual uh, ABP. And, um, but you have to be vaccinated to go to that. Um, but they're going to rent out the whole hotel. And so we each get our own rooms just to kind of minimize, minimalize, but, but still, yeah, everyone has to be vaccinated. And I don't know, it just goes further to show that probably 2022 will have that event. You know, hopefully the Firestone event will be around next year, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm hoping, I, yeah, I think by so. the end of the year, everyone who is willing to get the vaccine, you know, I, whatever people choose to do, that's on them. But I think, you yeah. know, everyone will have the opportunity to get vaccinated who wants it by December at the like latest. And I think, I think 2022 should be a lot better, but yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just funny. Like, even though they're saying they're taking health and safety seriously, which I agree, I'm sure they are. It's but being at a beer festival involves eating and drinking and you can't wear a mask while doing that. And getting shit house too. I mean, you want know, most people can like hold it pretty good, but there's people that just get wasted at those things mm -hmm. too, you know what I mean? And then they're just yelling and breathing and all kinds of stuff. So I don't know. It's yeah. It'll be interesting. It will be. But I do want to give credit, sorry, I don't know if I said it in the beginning, an article by Mike Zoller that I found online. And um Nice. Yeah, it didn't give me too much hope. It was kinda of sad, but it's something I did wanna touch base on and cover because again i do miss that life and beer did you guys fest. hear that the serpent suds was going to like start having weed as part of their virtual um serpent suds festivals? and buds yeah. yeah did you guys hear that i did i, I got yeah, no I, I got talked to andreas about it uh yesterday i just found out because i guess firestone is not being a part of it now because of that i think well what so i talked to him about exactly what what was entailed in that and and the whole buds part is more of a um uh, educational kind of thing mm -hmm. where they're actually dealing with all the uh, the dispensaries or, or the growers really in, in the Carpinteria area which is like the home of surf and suds essentially and there's a yeah. lot of growers and it's a home there. of so, yeah, a lot of growers yeah so they're not actually shipping weed or anything else out there it's basically going to be six beers like six breweries uh, only and then most of it so you'll have the normal surf and suds type stuff and then you'll also have um, some education about everything about having to do with um, weed and, and dispensaries and growing and and all that stuff so nice yeah that's cool i mean hey, i'm into it i just was curious because i mean literally i just found out i think it was was it today or yesterday i think it was yesterday that yeah we're not being a part of it and that it has like this weed kind of um whole different like section to it which i thought it i think it's really cool i think it's a great idea but uh yeah i was just curious if you guys knew anything about that on weed yeah yeah that's on uh weed. that's what i've heard i'm trying not to smoke weed this week Really? I'm yeah. surprised. I'm taking a break. Eh, I just need to sometimes. Dude. It just gets to the point where you just fucking just keep smoking and nothing really happens. It's just you just get tired and like complacent. And all you want to do, all I want to do is just smoke weed. So when I get to that point, I just stop, take a break and a uh, little tolerance break. Good for you. Good to reset. Yeah. It's time to go pro with your bad habit. <laughs> Booze League Radio. Reset. Okay, so uh, the commission sent me a couple cool little, uh, couple 
cool little uh, bits of some, you know, a couple cool little informations. Well, what is the word that I'm coming to come up here Links, with? Articles. Stories. There you go. Thanks. Sure. Thank you for my thesaurus. I got you. Thesaurus there, Coley. Um, and the first one here was the origin, the origins of the black velvet cocktail. I think we talked about a, a little bit about that I last time, right? I think we did last week, yeah. You'll have to... Yeah, we, uh, we're talking about, like, settling it and with, like... But you were doing it, like, backwards, right? You were putting in... You're putting in the Guinness first and then the champagne? No, it's all it's always the light one. Guinness is always last cuz yeah, yeah, speaking totally. of specific gravity, it's actually um it will float. Oh, but we can go back and listen to it because you you did say that. That you do that you put in the Guinness first? Yeah. No. I'm pretty sure we're going to have to go we're going to have to roll the tapes because I I remember yeah. coming back and being like, "Yeah, I made those, but I did it the opposite way. I did the Guinness and then I floated the champagne on top." And you're like, "Oh." Yeah, that's, that's how it's good. supposed to be. I well I'm not going to lie, and I don't know if anybody at home noticed. Oh, I was a little buzzed up. Everyone at home up, noticed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so wasted. Yeah, I had a little, no, little bit going on. That. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, okay, cool. So the origins of the Black Velvet Cocktail. Um, this is pretty cool. The Black Velvet Cocktail, uh, according to Brian D. Murphy. What an Irish-sounding name. <laughs> um it believed to have been created by a bartender at the Brooks Club in London. So shit, it wasn't even made in Ireland. Okay, like my go. beer. But uh, the yeah, right. Brian Black- D. Murphy's gas, by the way. <laughs> totally gas. He's gas. Gas. Um, gas. So gas, is gas. Uh, so is the bartender at the Brooks Club. Um, let's see. So the Black Velvet was born in 1891. Uh, the country was mourning uh, Queen Victoria's late husband, Prince Albert. Oh. So, hey, hey, isn't that isn't that a penis piercing? Uh, yes. Maybe. I don't know. I always like. You get a Prince like, Albert, just, it means like, you, yeah. Yeah. Is that what it is? Right? Am I wrong? No. No, no. I don't know. Bollocks. I'm not sure. <laughs> Prince I, Albert is a, it's a, it rhymes with Glock and it's a piercing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, exactly. it's a piercing on your cock. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, cool. Well, good for them. Uh, okay. <laughs> so the bartender thought champagne was too celebratory for the occasion. So he combined it with a stout. And a velvet, as opposed to a black velvet, is made with a porter instead of a stout. So that's that's oh. kind of interesting, right? So you oh. can get either yeah. a porter or your stout on. That's pretty cool. It's been a while since I had a good porter, man. I like porters. It has been a while. I always like the Taddy Porter um, oh, from Samuel Smith. That that's one's a good always one. solid. It's, it's a damn good one. And then, fuck, I almost bought that one, but I'm like, insane. damn it. Yeah, Walker's Reserve. Yeah. I still yeah, got the tacker for it. It's one of my was, favorite porters of all good. time. That one was really good. Um... While we extend our respects, albeit a century later, to the somber oranges of the cocktail, there's no way that we contain our enthusiasm, rapture, or over-the-moonness from this commonly cocktail. Um, have you guys ever had one of these before? I have not. Um, I feel like I have, but I don't really remember it that well. It's been a it's been a really really long time for me. Uh, do you want to hear what a couple people, some testers' choice, have to say about it? Sure. Yeah. So Jennifer V says the black velvet is a classic. Uh, the the black velvet is cl- a classic and perfect for. Does that make sense? Sorry, the black velvet is like a not classic even a single letter. Perfect and perfect <laughs> for when you have a group of family or friends over and want to present some cocktail options. Kind of just like you guys were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, the Guinness and champagne pair together surprisingly well, um, with later adding a little bubbly kick. Um, to make it a more attractive presentation, first pour the stout, let it settle, carefully pour the champagne in with a bar spoon, and then you have the two distinct layers. Um, you imagine garnishing oh, you know a glass with... S- that makes sense, you know, because I, I, Mikey mentioned that drink a little bit um, when we're, we're recording his slang stuff. 
mm-hmm. and he compared it to to a cure or a cure royale, okay. where it's like champagne, and then you put in like the chambord yeah. that kind of settles on the bottom, um, and he compared it to that. So okay, interesting. Yep. So yeah, so um, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, it says first pour the stout, let it settle, and then put the champagne on top. Because the what did you say? What drink was that? I like in my experience is always you put the uh, the whatever's not Guinness goes on the bottom because Guinness is so light. But obviously, oh, yeah, um, yeah. No, this but you know has... though, I've never really. I'm not like champagne is is a different thing for me than Guinness. Like they they're not ever really in the same room, so to speak. Right. So I don't think I've ever had that cocktail. Like literally, never had it. But I mean, because you know, this, I mean, this goes back to the what we were just talking about earlier. Because you at first said stout and then put the champagne on top, and then I mean, the, when I made one, I did it the opposite way. I put the champagne on the bottom, and then I floated the Guinness mm. on top. So I don't know. Oh. I mean, it it works either way, I guess. I mean, but the picture, I mean, it, it's not floating. It's just like all. It's just in a glass. It's all bullet. <laughs> so I mean, that's pretty cool, though. I mean, that kind of like. I don't know. It gives us some direction. So if you're at home making this, I mean, there's no right or wrong way. I guess you can you can kind of have fun with it and float it either way. Shit, see which one works better. Um, yeah. Let's see. Pat Francis says that uh, Guinness and champagne play off each other nicely. I uh, wasn't sure what to expect here, and I didn't have any expectations. He was a blank slate. <laughs> Sorry, I thought. <laughs> oh that was well. Funny. The champagne cuts the richness and the syrupy of the, of the stout, while the beer adds a little heft to the crisp bubbles. So, uh, yeah, I guess he was being a little impatient, and he didn't measure it quite correctly, so it kind of all got mixed together. And uh, he put it in the champagne flute. That's kind of interesting, too. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, uh, Mike, Mikey did mention doing that as well instead of a big old pint glass. Gotcha. Just, and then, yeah, no, totally. And then you could also, um, for garnishes, um, you could put like a strawberry was a suggestion. Like you get a little slice oh. of strawberry on the glass. Ooh. That'd be kind of cool. Um, be good. Yeah, because who doesn't like champagne and strawberries, right? I mean, this girl right. right here so, does. I don't. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> I don't like strawberries. Good. Of course you don't. Oh, well, that'll make sense then. Okay, so do you guys know why you should never order a black and tan in Ireland? No, tell me why. Well, here it is. Um, yeah, it's actually that black and tan. It's the name's got a pretty bad rap here. I'm going to go through what they have to say here on Vine Pair about it. Um, you know, and Irish car bombs just so, to be, you know, put it out there is a pretty horrible name too. You know what I mean? Like yeah. there's a lot of like suffering and a lot of like gnarly terrorism and shit that goes on, um, against England and Ireland and the, what is it? The IRA that's over there. That's like yeah. that crazy group. Like it's, it's what pretty Irish much just like fighting. Bro. Yeah. They're like, you know, whatever. Everyone's, everyone's fighting over there. Either fighting or fucking. Yeah, no, um, I have an interesting story. Like, I was in a bar, and I ordered an Irish car bomb, and the bartender refused to make it for me because they had uh, Bushmills as their whiskey. They didn't have JMO. And oh. it's like a Catholic-Protestant thing. They're like, no, fuck no, I, will, yeah. I won't do that. I won't make that for you. It's like, Really? I, I forget, which I guess, like, one of them's Catholic, one of them's Protestant, Jameson and Bushmills. And so, I believe whatever. it's Bushmills is Protestant. Like, if you go to, like, you know, the, you have the, the colors of the Irish flag, yeah, Mikey's gonna listen to this episode and like correct me if I'm wrong on this, but <laughs> yeah, um, I believe Catholic. So Catholic is green, JMO, and then the orange is Protestant and Bushmills. So if you go to an Irish pub gotcha. and it's all green, don't order Bushmills. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he was very adamant about it, and I, I was pretty young. I was probably like you know in my twenties, and so I, I kind of like was like, what the fuck, man, dude? I got money. I'm in a bar. Like, serve me my fucking drink. You know what I mean? And he was just really adamant about not doing it. And over the years, I've told that story to a few people, and 
most people are like, what the fuck, dude? You're in a bar, like, get what you want, you know? And some other people are like, yeah, that shit's pretty gnarly. Like, I guess I don't really understand how, like, deep that shit goes because I don't have family really that had to deal with any of that stuff. So Right. Um, so back to the black and tan and why you shouldn't call that, why you shouldn't, you know, say that or call that drink that. Um, let's see here. So the drink got its name... As a combination of Guinness and Bass, uh, you could use any other pails or lagers. Bass is traditional. And uh, they go together layered, so that way you float one on top of the other, kind of like we were talking about. And, um, you know, the Guinness goes on the top. The other, whatever you're drinking, um, goes on the bottom. And you use a spoon, you know, and you get it all nice and layered. Um, but the thing is that you should call it – they want to – they would prefer like if you called it a half and half because a black and tan was um, let's see here. It says here black and tan was a nickname given to the British paramilitary force formed to suppress the Irish independence movement in the 1920s, 1920, 1921. And they were mostly ex servicemen. So that's like kind of like soldiers of fortune, people that just like to go fuck shit up pretty much. You know what I mean? Like like militia um, almost like their own little militia. Yeah, probably some pretty dad, bad dudes. Uh, who served in World War One? Uh, they all wore khakis and dark shirts, so that's the the black and tan kind of thing part of it. And um, yeah, the army wasn't simply a counterforce to the IRA. Their methods were pretty terrible. It says here, burning downs of like towns and villages, civilian slaughters, like you know, just pretty much just pillaging. Um, so yeah, it's it's a pretty fucked up thing. I mean, they even killed. There's like in the 1920s, there was the 12 civilians that died at a Dublin soccer match. I guess it was pretty famous as well too. Um, and uh, Ben and Jerry's found out in 2006 they released a flavor of ice cream called Black and Tan because they were going for the scoops. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, and they got backlash from the Irish. The Irish people were like, "Hey, what the fuck? Don't do that." And uh, they withdrew it and apologized. So, They're yeah, honestly, cool that's that a way. couple of tidbits of info that I didn't really know, you know? Yeah, so, Wiley, thank you for sending that over. I thought it was pretty chill, and it goes pretty good with our Irish-themed segment, or Irish-themed recording. I like I like context. You know, like, it's interesting, but here's one thing I don't get. So, one of my favorites, speaking of the beer I'm drinking, and also my favorite beer, um, is Guinness and Smittix. And apparently, yeah. that is called a black and tan, and they're okay oh, wow. with that but if it's really? like guinness and like bass or harp an english beer because uh, those are english it's a half right? and half oh, okay gotcha okay, um gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Well, I think yeah bass like is. that's called a half and half but yeah bass is, but yeah, yeah harp, so it'd be now it's harp because guinness owns harp so it's like yeah you know gotcha. um but yeah no and i asked mikey like why he's like uh and, and i didn't really get a clear answer as to why that, that you know that was okay but like the, the irish pub here in town where i actually met mikey um they called it a blacksmith which I think is a fantastic name yeah, for it's a Guinness really cool name. and Smittix. Yep. So, I'm like trying to think what other tasty. Guinness mixes I've had. You had a, you guys had a, uh, a snake bite? Yep. I have not. Absolutely. Those are good. With cider? Guinness and cider, yeah. Yeah. Oh, those are good. Hell yeah. Yep. I got no complaints about that. Oh, yeah. I think, you so, know, you guys did then, talk about that last episode because I said I've had the Jeremiah Red and the cider. Mm, yeah, the from, Jerry from Burst. BJ's, yeah, the Jerry yeah. Burst. But I've oh, yeah, that's Snake bite sounds delicious. Yeah. And then I was thinking about it too because I used to drink. I used to work with an uh, an English guy, and uh, he would drink Magners and Harp all the time, and that he oh, called that yeah. a snake bite, you know. And that was fucking delicious, huh. dude. The only bummer about that is that they're so easy to drink that, dude, you get a wicked. 
fucking headache from all that cider the next day, dude. Like, it's kind of a bummer. But that's when you drink in excess. All right, so maybe I got it. Maybe I got it wrong here. Let me let me see here. Um, Yeah, they call it snake bite. There, interesting. All right, well, yeah, I, um, I've always gone back and forth. I thought a snake bite was black and uh, Guinness and cider, and then I've heard it's uh, cider and like an ale, or I don't know. I mean, all I know is that I'm not Irish, so maybe I feel maybe like Americans have bastardized. Yeah, I everything. Like been, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Right? The United yeah. States of we're bastardization. <laughs> so. All right. Well, I think we're at the end of draft eighty-one. I hope we have uh, helped bring some um, some authentic- authenticity to your St. Patrick's Day between the Irish cocktails of last week, the slang, and a um, little bit of context on on drinking uh, Irish things uh, this week. Uh, we hope you guys have a good St. Pat's. Um, I think it's we're been educational again. too. Yeah, I love I, mean, I love I educational, especially sure. Yeah, man. Today I learned. <laughs> <laughs> I was today years old. Yeah, professor. <laughs> I was today years old. <laughs> so uh, follow us online. Um, you can find everything on boozeleague.com, uh, including our shirts, hats, growlers, uh, bottles, that kind of thing. You can also find us on Instagram at boozeleague, Twitter at boozeleague, and also facebook.com forward slash boozeleague. Make sure to follow us and subscribe on all of your favorite podcast apps. Well, your favorite. I mean, if you have more than one, sure, go ahead. Um, Spotify, iHeart, iTunes. I think we're on Google, like whatever Google one's called as well. Um, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast we will be there uh, we'll be back in draft uh, 82 which we're actually going to record before St. Pat's so we're all going to have to wait to hear uh, how big we went on St. Pat's so the draft after that but um, <laughs> there's it's a, a Wednesday actually, night so <laughs> I don't know I mean um, the, the tipsy goat in Thousand Oaks mm-hmm. is going for it dude they're doing a fucking Irish party that we're, support, like, we're supporting so shit Sancho might be over there so you guys are in the T.O. Oh, area, shit. so what up? You guys want to hear a fun fact as we close this down real quick? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It's fun, little facts, that you never knew. It's fun, little facts, that we're going to teach you. Every year, St. Patrick's Day and Cinco de Mayo fall on the same day of the week. I learned that because I'd skip class uh, in graduate school uh, to go to St. Patrick's Day, my favorite day, and then I'd have to be there for Cinco because I'd already skipped, you know, oh. <laughs> I'd already skipped the day. So that's how I'm one, like, hey, right? every day I'm here. It's after leap year, so it's not like the, the dates are going to change. So every uh, so Cinco will be on a Wednesday as well as St. Pat's this year. But anyways. All right, so uh, from all of us here at Booze League, <laughs> have a happy St. Patrick's Day. Uh, cilantro, everybody. Yeah.